Welcome to the CCF Podcast. We're a campus ministry at Truman State University. This podcast features sermons from our weekly worship services. Thanks for listening. This is Bridget Renee Schneider, uh, Senior Pictures. This is 1994. Bridget Renee Schneider went into a Planned Parenthood and took a pregnancy test. She was 19 years old, um, just out of high school then. Uh, when the test came back positive, her heart dropped. The staff then asked her a bunch of questions uh, like, are you ready and how will you provide for the baby? Uh, now she felt scared going in and even more scared after the barrage of questions. Before she left the clinic that day, a follow-up appointment was scheduled. Do you know what the appointment was for? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and she said she felt like she had no choice. Well, um, in courage and in love, Bridget didn't go to that second appointment. And here I stand, uh, working at a pregnancy help clinic. Sometimes I like to picture myself as like a middle finger to the devil and just standing straight up. <laughs> uh, that's not on my notes. Here we go. <laughs> um, okay, so next slide here, Nate. <laughs> okay, um, so everything that happens at Lifeline is free of charge. Uh, I love where I work, and so I had to give a shout out to it. The lady that you see in the picture is Chris. Uh, that's our head nurse there. She's amazing, too. Like Reed said, Leanne works there as well. She's amazing as well. Um, Lifeline is located, does anyone know? If you're in the very back row, you can't answer. Does anyone know? Okay, Lifeline, do you know where AutoZone's at? Okay, Lifeline is right behind AutoZone. So if you're, <laughs> someone's been there too many times. Um, so if you're driving down Baltimore, you see AutoZone, if you look past, AutoZone, Lifeline's right there. Um, and really, it's to extend hope to some people that feel like they have no choice, um, like my mother, um, and just to help parents in general, like new parents in general. There's a motto up there. Yep. Uh, everything, again, everything offered at Lifeline is free of charge. Okay, last year, I worked in the clinic full-time uh, primarily serving uh, fathers, uh, couples sometimes, but like single fathers as well. Uh, this year, I'm back in the schools. So this is my fifth school year, um, traveling around to a different school every week. I teach relationship education, sexual abuse prevention, and sexual risk avoidance. So it's a three-day program. Uh, our program covers all of the Missouri sexual education requirements for schools, so fifth through 12th grade. Uh, we are going to teach, I think, over 8,000 students this year, which is pretty cool. Uh, I love my job. Please come ask me about it. Okay, next slide. Is there something else going on? All right, I'm moving on. Oh. If you're taking notes, which I see that there's like two of you that are, <laughs> that's it. Okay, my favorite, the top song on Spotify for this past year was Past, Present, Future by King's Kaleidoscope. So if you're writing down notes 
Past, Present, Future by King's Kaleidoscope. All right. Uh, let me pray. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity um, that we have to be here and to open your word, um, for the, the testimony that you have um, for so many of us in writing our story with us. Um, Lord, I pray that you would uh, speak tonight, um, now, and um, even after service. It's your name we pray. Amen. Uh, so when I was around five years old, I experienced sexual abuse. Uh, for several years, I was exposed to and participated in different types of sexual acts that created a lot of confusion for me. Uh, I liked the way it made me feel, but I had no idea what was really going on. The one thing I knew, I couldn't tell anyone. That was made clear. Also, there's this feeling I get when something is off. It's the feeling to hide. Um, at that time, I thought that it meant that I was guilty. Um, but it's just the feeling that something's off, like that feeling to hide something. Uh, well, something was off. Like I said, I was being abused and mentally manipulated, but I had no words really as a child to talk about it. Even if I did think to say something, uh, I thought I would get in trouble and I thought my mom would cry and just melt if I told her. Um, <clears throat> where was the Lord when I was being abused? What kind of father would let that happen? Did he not see? Did he not care? <clears throat> I don't have a bunch of memories from my childhood. My memory's pretty bad, actually. Um, but I remember being broken into at my house. Uh, actually, it happened at a different houses, so multiple times. Uh, apparently, one of the times as a child, I actually watched the robber come through the window. Um, I also often remember struggling to sleep at night. Uh, often because I thought I saw these weird shadowy figures constantly approaching me. So like my, the way that I would slip on my bed, I could see down the hallway. Um, and I always felt like I saw these figures like crawling toward me, but then as soon as one would get into my room, it would reappear again at the end of the hallway. Like my imagination would run wild. I remember sometimes being in the living room during the day and feeling like the room was closing in on me, like out of nowhere. Um, I don't know if I ever talked much about these things to my parents, but I especially hid what happened to me. Um, I don't actually think I told anyone about the abuse that I went through until high school when I started telling my girlfriend some pieces of it. Uh, I was probably about 16 years old. The first time I heard the statement, that's abusive. My girlfriend said that to me. How do you think I responded to my girlfriend? I was pissed off. Um, yeah, I was not happy to hear that. Um, I had a wound for so long, but I buried it so far down that I didn't really even know I was hurt anymore. Um, so for her to say that was offensive to me. Um, but something must have happened, really, when I was a little kid and being abused, a uh, type of fragmentation. Looking back, I can now start to put some kind of words to it. Um, so like some of the pictures I have for you are like a piece of glass like shattered on the ground or like a, like my insides like gutted out. Um, even, even as I began to admit to my girlfriend in high school 
um, that she was probably right. My thought was that it's so far in the past, I'm fine, I'm sure I've moved on. I was wrong to think that time heals. Instead of healing, I was numbing out. I was turning to girls. I even cheated on my girlfriend. I was sexually active with a handful of people. And I was using porn and I was using music to fill silence um, with no idea how much I was drowning out. But my head felt like chaos. Uh, so I couldn't just leave myself alone with just me. I felt tormented in my own mind. I really didn't even feel safe in my own body. Um, as I started to admit my broken state toward the end of high school, fear crept in um, that really this is just me, that I can't outrun myself, I can't hide from myself like I'm stuck in here. Where was the Lord when I felt trapped in my own head? Did he not see me struggling? Where was he when I was choosing sin? Did he have to leave the room? Okay, fast forward to college. So, February 2015. Yeah, I started going around K-Life, was more involved in CCF by that point as well. So I was sitting right where you're at. As a freshman in my second semester, uh, just sitting there with all this well of darkness inside me right there in that seat. Um, but for the first time, I finally had a group of guys around me who were genuine and good listeners and trying to take their faith seriously. Maybe you found that. Uh, and I started down a slow, narrow road of vulnerability. So in small amounts, I exposed some of the shadows inside me. And I started asking for some help from friends. But praying to God was painful because God already knew what I was thinking. Why tell him what he already knows? Prayer felt kind of like a petty request from the Lord just to hear my voice. Um, so I never prayed for healing. And I went all the way through college uh, pissed off that Jesus said it was better that he leave. This is in John 16, 7. Jesus says this. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I did not go away, the helper would not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Uh, where is God? Where is this helper Jesus spoke of? Okay, so post-college now, fast forward 2020. Uh, around February 2020, so this time four years ago, I decided that I wanted to marry Meg, which was the biggest step in faith that I'd ever taken because I'd struggled so much with the fear of intimacy. So like not believing that marriage was something for me, um, but I knew it was kind of a step that God wanted me to take. The week I started looking for a ring, strange things started happening. I was living in a farmhouse about 20 minutes outside town, and I started to be afraid to be there alone. Uh, especially at night. My bedroom was on one side of a finished attic, and out my window I kept thinking I saw these shadowy figures walking toward the house. At first, I thought there were a couple of guys literally out there to come rob the house, because we're like out there. Um, but then I just kept seeing the same thing as if it was just like shifting shadows, or like a tree branch. 
it was really strange. Um, but it was to the point, like the feeling, was to the point where I was jarred by how visceral that it was, like the fear that I had was. Um, could that have been my imagination like when I was young? I had many restless nights. <clears throat> so when I was finally trying to work against like my deepest fear of intimacy, where was the Lord all those restless nights? Uh, so I've had some prayers that stuck out to me, um, like pivotal prayers, um, prayers, like there's a couple of them that I've had um, that has just been like, I've prayed this in a full season, maybe for a full year, like with everything that I am. Um, and so I want to share these. Um, I don't remember this first one here, but my mother said I used to pray that God would send me hardships so that I may know him. Um, she always... She told me she always wished I wouldn't pray that because she thought God might answer it. Uh, there was also something else I used to pray. So this is like junior high that I do remember. Uh, I used to pray like often in junior high on my hands and knees, like over my bed before I'd go to sleep. Uh, I had two prayers at that time, like maybe for years um, through junior high for wisdom was one of them. And for eyes to see what God sees, like those are my two prayers all the time, every night, like from the depth of who I am. Um, and then in college, so when I was at where you're at, I became a little too bitter to pray for anything that sincerely anymore. Um, yeah, and then post-college, around the time I started to take steps in faith to marry, uh, I started to pray that God would breathe on me and fill me. So there were some songs that had these lines in them. And so that was like a huge major prayer for me, um, that God would breathe on me and fill me. Looking back now, I see how God has been answering those prayers before I've even prayed them, like in the middle of me praying them, and then even after I've been done praying them. Uh, I have not, not received a step-by-step -step guide to the healing process, but I am healing. I have not received step-by-step -step answers to what God has been up to in the midst of my life but I get faint glimpses of the Lord's perspective. Uh, I have received like the answer. Um, it's not even about healing. It's not even about understanding. Um, but the Lord himself before me and behind me and with me. Okay, I have scriptures to read. Oh Lord, you have searched, this is Psalm 139, uh, verse one through 18. Oh Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and you are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O oh Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, 
Surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for the darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious are your thoughts toward me, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I would count them, they are more than the sand. How precious are your thoughts toward me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. Um, the next one here is from Psalm 56, uh, verse 8. You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle and have recorded each one in your book. Uh, just a couple more here. Psalms 73, 28. <laughs> But as for me, the nearness of God is my good. I have made the Lord my refuge, that I may tell of all your works. <clears throat> and now, 1 Corinthians 3, 12 through 18. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses, who had put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with an ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Uh, let's pray. Lord, will your word return to you empty? We welcome you here. Amen. <laughs>